This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Climbers, you've heard the term superfan. And what does it mean to you? Today, we are going to unpack an article from Music Business Worldwide about superfans. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to reveal a tactic that we use to help identify and cultivate superfans. So you're going to want to know how that works. Stick around. Awesome. Welcome to the club. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. It's all about you, which is what every artist and songwriter wants to hear. It's all about you. It's all about you. If you've got the traffic and if you've got the cash flow, they want to work with you. That's called leverage. C-L-I-M-B, the climb, creating leverage in the music business. You picking up what I'm putting down? Uh, did you, uh, you, <laughs> you slide across the floor with after what you stepped in? Did you see that? You see <laughs> That's a Baxter name. That's from a good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. He's making moves with number ones in the Southern gospel industry. He had a top 10 in Australia recently. The boy just keeps going. But you know what's good for you, what's really good for you, is that he helps songwriters like you become pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he's going to introduce you to the pros to create relationships that you can cultivate so that you can get on this horse. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's, it's complicated, but, you know, he's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Hey, buddy. What's going on? It's hot. It's hot. That's it. It's hot. That's what's going on. It is hot. so humid last night. It's crazy. So was it, uh, oh, good morning, Vietnam? It's hot, real hot. So hot to put, what is it? My shorts, you cooking them, some crash pot cooking. It's <laughs> <laughs> hot. 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 It's nice to be with a lady. Ain't no good if you're in the jungle. <laughs> so shout out to Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, I love him. I just saw like I just saw a piece of content on social yesterday of him, his Oscar speech when he won for uh, Google Hunting. Oh, yeah. That was so good. I loved him. Uh, brilliant. 
So uh, today's episode, guys, we're going to get to this really great article that came out uh, July 19th, 2023, from Music Business Worldwide. And the title is 15% of the general population in the United States are super fans. Here's what that means for the music business. And what we're going to do is unpack a little bit of this article. We're going to read through it a little bit. And, you know, what does that mean for your business instead of the music business, right? For you as an artist, like there's different things to focus on here. And then I'm going to actually give you an application on this at the end of the episode and kind of tell you, number one, how we're finding our, the super fans for our artists Mm -hmm. and how we're cultivating them and give you some, a new program that we just started that I think is going to be successful, but I don't know if it will be or not. So you know what? I mean, we're, we're it's like spaghetti in marketing too. Uh-huh. You cook a spaghetti, you, you throw it against the wall, but don't stick. Keep cooking. But That's right. I think when I tell you what it is, it's going to make sense. And you're going to be like, oh. And I'd love to hear if you try it. Mm-hmm. But first, let's take care of a little business. Make That's sure right. you join the Climb community. It's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. But you have to be good boys and girls, unless you look sketch. Like, actually, I think last week I declined a couple mm-hmm. of people because they just, like, the account was just made two weeks ago. Just looks like There's, trouble. like, no posts. It just looks like a bunch of bunch of BS. So, yeah. if you happen to be a listener that wants to join the Climb community and you've got something that would appear to be sketchy, even though you're not sketchy, don't be afraid to DM me and just say, hey, I'm actually real. Like, I know it's right. a little weird, but, you know, for whatever reason, right? I'm sketch adjacent, but I'm not quite sketch. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sketch at all. It just looks that way. Let me in. I'm a real human <laughs> and we'll let you in, you know. Just be good boys and girls. And you know what? We want to hear about everything that you have to say about about your journey, about your songwriting journey, your artist journey. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear the new music. we got a place for you to post in the comments on that every monday we want to hear about your gigs we've got a place every thursday gig alert where you can post your gigs as a comment and we've got a place every wednesday where you can talk about your wins like what you know what wins you got going on this week and again post it in the comments and the feed is yours to post in as long as you're posting for everybody that's all it is that's right if there's some good news article if there's something funny if there's some piece of incredible like i'll post stuff in there like mind-blowing music stuff that freaks me out i'll be like look at this like it's just for you to watch and it's germane to the feed Mm -hmm. god bless go ahead and do it don't be afraid but you know for you personally that we want to hear about that too just put it in the right place so talk about some wins that's right every wednesday we post the new heights post and it's where we encourage you want to hear about your music related wins every wednesday so that's where the party is on wednesdays and so we have a bunch of way more than i can share which is awesome good problem first i want to go is i want to congratulate climber Oh, gosh, Mackenzie O'Brien and Chad Wilson and our own Johnny D and Zach Allen for the new release, Gone Before I Got Here. Artist is Mackenzie and Johnny co-produced it with Zach Allen, who's like awesome. And we wrote it, uh, Mackenzie and I wrote it with Chad Wilson. That was that was a great day. And so it is out on all your streaming platforms. And so just want to say congrats to Mackenzie and Johnny and everything. Johnny, you and Zach made it sound good. Oh, thank you, man. And I can't wait when you're releasing digitally, you, you put the good stuff last because you need that runway. Uh, at least for <laughs> so trying, my song's not the good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, when you're trying to break artists. No, your song's good stuff, but the, you know what? You beat it. You you beat first of all, your song made the record. Okay. Uh, and so I gotta choose between like what's amazing and what's like the ultra amazing, but I can't wait 
for her third release, which is also a Brent Baxter co-write with her and Blue Foley that's called Sugar Daddy Issues. That's just, I think, has the DNA to go viral. I, you know, w- will it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's it's a, almost like a novelty song. It's quirky. It's different. It's got attitude. It's got swagger. And it's just so freaking crazy. Like it might, it might work. <laughs> I, I thought she had a post the other day. I saw that uh, like it had gotten banned off some stage at some festival or something. So I'm like, yeah, oh, there yeah. we go. Okay. Yeah, they, they banned it. Sugar Daddy issues off of that. They didn't like it. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's fun. It's, and I don't know why they would ban it. There's nothing vulgar or distasteful about it, except for the fact that it's talking about, I, I don't know if it's, is it not? Is it making fun of it? It's like uh, just I the I the ear of the beholder a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So the I mean the whole the whole song was based off of Mackenzie works in a hair salon, but she's not a hairstylist. She like cleans up, right? She's like some here I am, and she'll tell you this like I'm cleaning toilets, and we're, we're talking in the back break room with the girls, and we're like, you know what? Like we should all just put pictures of our feet up on super fans, and we could make or up on. OnlyFans, OnlyFans. Uh, on an OnlyFans account because we can make money that way. And she was telling that. So, I mean, Brent, you tell the story, right? And then she, y'all are like, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. The, well, she came in with the title and we talked about that and we're like, here we go. And we're off to the races. I love it. But this is not all about us. But also climber Jack Nelson said Roadrunner, which is his single, has been getting chart placements on all of the Texas charts and was even featured on Country versus Metal. Nice. Cool. Yes. Layla Simon says a really fun song that I got to play upright bass on just got released yesterday. Uh, Gray Delices lyrics are so fun and the session was a blast. So congrats, Layla. Good. A lot of of new names in here. So I'm trying to highlight some of those. I like that. Yes. Well, what happened was I tagged everybody. Okay. Do that once a day and I tagged everybody uh, to help it show up. And sure enough, people had wins. They just hadn't been sharing them. So, well, there you go. There we go. Little hack for you there. Uh, Sonny Gable says, set a release date for my upcoming EP, one of three. Now to get work on publicity. So, all right, Sonny. Yep. So, that you got a lot more. Uh, last one we'll do is Lori Lotz said, sing a song I wrote at a recent church service, and my husband, my tougher critic, mentioned that he liked it. So, there we go. If your hubby likes it, then other people are going to like it too. So good job, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else who posted there, we appreciate it and keep on climbing. All right. Well, let's get into this because I can't believe that Music Business Worldwide wrote about super fans. I love that they did. Mm-hmm. So, so there's what is a super fan? Should we start there? Well, actually, right in the article, they kind of break down what it is. Right. So, well, actually, they break down the origin of it, but I'll describe it. it it's slightly different definitions that are, you know, the, the details are slightly different, but they're all very much based around the same idea which is that a super fan is somebody that would spend a hundred dollars a year on an artist whether that means tickets merch music merch yeah a physical product yeah Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that so it kind of goes back to the kevin kelly article about 1000 true fans that's exactly what it mentions right here in i love that you knew that i didn't know about that article like i didn't know where the where this was coined this phrase But yeah, uh, it says there's been a lot of debate about the power of fandom in the creator sector over the years. Back in 2008, to your point, Brent, Kevin Kelly, former editor of Wired, wrote the 1,000 True Fans essay, which suggested that a creator on the internet only needs 1,000 superfans to earn a living from their art. So 
if you think about a thousand super fans that'll spend a hundred dollars each a year, that's a hundred thousand dollars of revenue. That's that is that's cash flow. You know, that that's is. that's a, a start of a business. In 2020, Li Jin, co-founder of Variant Fund, proposed that a creator only needs 100 true fans to make a living from their work. Mm. One thing is for sure: so-called super fans who are willing to spend more than the average fan on merchandise, music, and other content are a lucrative target audience for artists and their teams. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is huge, guys, because we've had several conversations with my staff like just over the summer about this. If, uh, if you think about the law of diffusion of technology, it looks like the bell curve. Some people call it the bell curve, right? And if you split that bell curve down the middle right in half at the peak of where the, at the top of the bell... And then you start to move to the left, right? And right where the bell curve starts to turn into like a hockey stick, right? Where it starts to shoot up that hill, mm -hmm. you put a line right there. And then the distance between like three-fourths of the way, the distance between that line and the beginning of the bell curve all the way over on the left, you put a line there. And and in the beginning, those are the pioneers. Those are the these are the people who want to be first that are all about being first. They are the super, super, super fans. Mm -hmm. And they have to get into something first. And they, these people, in terms of broadcasting and in terms of technology, they're not – what I'm about to say maybe sounds a little confusing or against what this episode is about, but it's the difference between digital and broadcast, right? So I want to pinpoint this. So it's the two and a half percent of the market. So when you're like trying to sell iPhones or you're trying to sell some technology, the pioneers, the early adopters at two and a half percent of the market are not enough to float your business, right? And then the next is 13.5%. And those are the early adopters, but the early adopters don't come in until after the pioneers come in, right? So mm -hmm. if you think about it in terms of technology, because this works with fans too, so understand the correlation. A pioneer is the person who, when the iPhone 4 first came out in 2007, these are the people that camped out in overnight in front of Apple stores mm -hmm. to get the very first iPhone. They know it's going to be buggy, yeah. right? They know they have to be first. These are the people who spent $40,000 on the first flat screens when Flatty's first came out mm -hmm. and they knew the price would go down and they knew things would change and it would get better, but they had to be first. Right. And that's two and a half percent of the market. Then the next 13 and a half is early adopters. And the early adopters are the people who want to be first ish. Right. Right. They want to be like first on their block. So I'm going to wait a year for the flatties price to come down from 40 or 20 grand to like 20 grand or 10 grand, right? To have price. Right. It's going to be a little bit better. I'm going to wait for that iPhone just for them to work some of those bugs out. I'm going to get that a little bit later. Just give it some time to settle down. And then I'm going to be the first one on my block to have that, right? As opposed to the very first one. Yeah. And then what happens is you hit that early majority, which is where that's 38% of the market. That's where the thing blows up. And that is... That's right where that hockey stick happens on the bell curve, right where it just shoots straight up. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's when you're on your way. But the point, the important thing to know, and why I'm telling you this, is that the early majority, 38% of the market, does not come into the market until after the early adopters right. who don't come into the market until after the pioneers. So I think that your, you know, your super fans 
are basically a way to describe the pioneers for sure and, and probably some, if not all, of the early adopters, right? Because these are the people that are going to be the first ones that are all about your music in the artist world. And an illustration for that would be to say that, to use Seth Godin's example of people like us love artists like that, mm -hmm. that's how he describes marketing. You know, the first 300,000 Nirvana records for Nevermind were sold to those pioneers and those early adopters, the real super fans mm -hmm. of Nirvana who have been fans forever. And the other 9.7 million were sold to people who want to identify with the super fans, right? But that would be the early majority and the late majority. So in order for you to get your artist career off the ground, you really have to focus on these super fans and you really have to cater to them. You want to make them feel like rock stars. And what's interesting on digital promotion, which is what we push on this podcast, because that's the most effective, least expensive, most efficient way for you to grow your business. And at some point, maybe you're going to grow big enough to make sense for a radio push. But until then, you need to focus on digital. But you know what's cool is that you can identify the super fans on digital. Mm -hmm. The people that are most likely to be the early adopters and the pioneers. Right. Well, you know, because you can tell by the way they're consuming it, mm -hmm. right? You can tell by their behavior and you get that kind of feedback on digital as opposed to, I'm not taking anything away from this, but it still remains true. Like a number one single on the radio. Awesome. You know, good for you. still don't know who liked it. Yeah, who liked it and who didn't like it? Who was, who turned off the radio when that song came on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and on a broadcast kind of business model, it is the same price, right? For, <laughs> yeah. To reach everybody. So as dominant music, the, the article goes on, as dominant music industry players start pushing for alternative streaming payout models, such as Universal Music Group's proposed artist-centric model, and that's in quotations. It's the super fan category that could rewrite the music industry's revenue story in years to come. So here's what's interesting about this, because now we have some major labels that are beginning to explore the superfan and acknowledge the superfan. And in a world of broadcast, like if you go back and read Seth Godin's Permission Marketing, in a way, what he's talking about is for major brands, you know, like Tide Detergent or Palm Olive Dish Soap, mm -hmm. like to identify and cater to their superfans because it works with Pareto's Law, 80-20 rule, right? Yeah, so does that mean it's not just tied to how early someone comes in. Cause like I came to Garth Brooks music a little bit later, like it was after thunder rolls, you know, cause I didn't really start getting into country like 92, 93. He came out in 89, but I was definitely a super fan because I bought concert tickets. I bought everything he put out and re put out and merch and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So I can still be, it's not just the early fans. No, that's right. It's not just the early fans, but, so you're going to find super fans throughout that whole bell curve, okay? They onboard throughout time, right? Whenever they whenever they come in. But the point being, though, that I think so many people are so, especially artists, are so concerned about getting to the middle of the bell curve where it skyrockets before they're going to begin to tell themselves that they're doing something right or give themselves a break artistically. Mm -hmm. But the reality is focus on those super fans because this is a way for you to right now start to make more money. Mm -hmm. Okay. And start to increase 
the cash flow. And the more that you cater to them, the more that you try to service them and find new ways to create that they are going to appreciate that are going to make you more money, that's going to help you lengthen that runway to get to that part of the bell curve that you want to get to. You know, mm -hmm. So I can tell you that 100% of the pioneers and probably 100% of the early adopters are going to be super fans. Mm -hmm. And then when you hit that bell curve, to your point, Brent, you're right. You're going to get more super fans for sure. But there's also going to be a lot of people that are just on the trend at the moment. Right. Right. Because mm -hmm. you're cool. And that's a good thing. Yeah. But they're not the super fans. So, you know, in the in the book Permission Marketing with Seth Godin, he's talking about a company like Procter and Gamble, which is a conglomerate that owns like all a whole bunch of number one or number two brands of products in the marketplace, like Tide Detergent, mm -hmm. like it's not palm olive, but what Dawn dish soap, like these are huge brands like ivory soap, right? They own this, they own Crisco. So what he's saying is on a broadcast model, it's spray and pray and your messaging and your focus has to be very broad mm -hmm. because you want to bring everybody in because you don't know who's listening and you just got to try to hit everybody. And Perito's law states that 20% of your customers are responsible for 80% of your revenue mm -hmm. and 80% of your customers are responsible for only 20% of your revenue. So on a broadcast model, you must worry about those 80% of the customers that are bringing so little to the table, mm. you know, at 30,000 feet, what, what Seth Godin saying is, is in line with this article and with the, the moves that I'm going to describe here that Universal Music Group is doing is saying, you know what, screw the 80% of those customers. Don't worry about your revenue. Focus on the 20% of the customers that are already making 80% of your revenue and sell them something else. They love you. Yes. It's a lot easier to sell something else to somebody than it is, you know, the first sale. Exactly. If they're already putting money. Uh, now this is of course, assuming you have a, a good product. Right. Right. If it's crap, it's harder to sell to them the second time than it is the first time because they know you're junk. But if, if it's good, it's easier to sell to someone who's already bought from you in the past. Exactly. You know, who's, you know, who's like crazy on top of this. I just thought of this is Gene Simmons. Oh, really? From kiss. How so? Well, first of all, there's over 3000 kiss products. I think mm -hmm. that are available and marketed to, but they range yes. from keep it selling stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to they range from a kiss doll or, or kiss pick or something like that all the way up to like a coffin for eight grand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a super fan. That's going to buy a kiss coffin right. and he's selling them. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the, that's a drastic example that only somebody like Gene Simmons with a, a brand like kiss and a hundred million records sold could pull off. Right. But the idea of what he's doing is you can manifest that on every single level all along your journey on the way mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Your version of it. Yeah. So speaking on universal music groups, Q1 earnings call, Michael Nash, who's UMG's executive vice president and chief digital officer indicated that an artist centric model would look to increase revenue flow from super fans. Or in other words, individuals who are willing to pay more for subscriptions in exchange for additional content. Okay. Now, I think a subscription business model in Superfan is very, very intriguing, a very cool way to do this. But know this too, it's one way. Mm -hmm. It's just one way. And I think the idea of the Superfan and the subscription-based business model here is 
built off of the initial idea of we've got these super fans they're willing to pay more what can we sell them yeah you know what i mean like what do they want that they would like that would enhance our brand make them happy and also bring us in more revenue there's nothing wrong with thinking like that Mm -hmm. i think of these two cats man that i love these two black dudes have this huge youtube show called lost in vegas Mm -hmm. and they are I guess music critics, you know, they listen to all this kind of music and you get their reaction Mm -hmm. from it. And they're like super, super intelligent dudes, but they are definitely like grew up in the hip hop world. Mm -hmm. Right. So when they're doing anything outside of hip hop and they're not, and they're also, by the way, not musicians, they're just fans. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's so fascinating to listen to them articulate why they like something, why they don't like something. They're using all the wrong words, you know, right, I don't yeah. know like how he got that weird thing to happen with the guitar, but it was super cool. And it's, it's funny how they, how they articulate it because it's really like, I mean, you're getting hardcore market feedback, Yeah, but those guys are so popular. First of all, they have a money-making YouTube channel. I think they've got, I think they're in seven figures on their subscribers already, Wow! but they also have a Patreon account. Mm-hmm which I happily pay $1 a month to be a part of mm-hmm. because when they do like hairband stuff, I think it's fascinating yeah. to see why that is. But there's an idea of, super, I'm a super fan of those guys, even though I'm not spending a hundred bucks a year on them, mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay a buck a month to get content that they don't put on the YouTube channel mm-hmm. because I like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter why. I just like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think artists too many times are thinking, well, why would they like? Me? Right. Right. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be liked yet. I don't know if I'm that big yet. Well, don't sell them short. Yeah. So our consumer research says that among music streaming subscribers, about 30% are super fans of one or more of our artists, says Nash. So again, this guy's from Universal. He said, how does that relate to artist centric? When you start to focus on the artist fan relationship, And this is going to play into my technique I'm going to reveal later on today. So pay attention here. These high value relationships are driving the economic model of the platform. So you can begin segmenting around high intent, high integrity artist fan relationships, right? That's another fancy word for saying the relationship with the artist and a super fan who's like legit a super fan. Mm -hmm. Recent stats published by U.S. market monitor Luminate have shed more light on the extent of such high value relationships between artists and fans in the United States. According to Illuminate's mid-year music report, which you can read in full here, there's a link to it in the article, which I'll put an article, a link to this article in the show notes, 15% of the general population in the U.S. are super fans. Illuminate breaks down what it meant to be a super fan, explaining that for its report, its methodology defines a super fan as a music listener aged 13 or older who engages with an artist and their content in multiple ways, from streaming to social to purchasing physical music or merch items to attending live shows. Superfans, according to Illuminate reports, spend 80% more on music each month versus the average U.S.-based music listener. Well, there's that number again. 80% more, yeah. 80%, isn't that strange, right? Huh. Additionally, uh, physical music buyers of formats such as vinyl, CDs, or cassette tapes are more than twice as likely to be music superfans, right? If they're buying physical stuff, you've probably got a superfan there. Mm -hmm. 
Millennial music listeners, meanwhile, spend over 22% more, and Gen Z music listeners spend over 13% more on music compared to the average U.S. listener, according to Illuminate's report. So that's, you know, for, for when it comes to marketing and your digital promotions, mm-hmm. that's a really big number right there. Like, you know, where do you know what age group that your music is aimed at? Yeah. Are you hitting that you know by the way on digital you can decide right you can mm-hmm. you can yeah. pick an age group if you want which you can't with broadcast luminate also points to the growth in direct to consumer sales to highlight the buying power of the superfan category according to luminate direct to consumer sales of music from artists stores this is like from your website initially we're up over 20% in the first half with direct to consumer vinyl sales up over 26% year over year for the first half of 2023 versus 2022. So vinyl sales are up to 3.6 million copies that were bought in first half of 2023. Meanwhile, 1.7 million CDs were sold direct to consumer in the first half of the year, which is an increase of 15% year over year. So everybody's saying CD sales are down which is true because 80% of the market doesn't care, but the 20% of the super fans, if they got it, if it's available, mm-hmm. they'll buy it, right? If you make it, they'll come. A surprising stat highlighted by Lumina is that 62.5% of total direct-to-consumer product sales are of current releases. As noted by Lumina in the diaphragm below, or the diagram below, excuse me, diaphragm. <laughs> uh, this is counter to the trend in streaming consumption. So it's a different, there are different stats if it's streaming versus product sales. According to Lumina's mid-year report, the 538.9 million album sale equivalent units recorded in the first half of 2023 Almost 73% or 392 million were registered as catalog music. In other words, old songs. Old songs, yeah. Current music share of total album consumption in the United States for the first six months of 2023 was 27.2% or 146 million. So Luminate defines current as anything released in the last 18 months prior to it getting streamed, downloaded, or purchased. Anything older than 18 months when it's streamed, downloaded, or purchased is defined as catalog. So I think the, I'm going to skip past some of this other stuff, but the potential impact of the superfan category was also recently highlighted by Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs' latest Music in the Air report, it claimed that if 20% of paid streaming subscribers today could be categorized as superfans, there's that number, 20%, 80 yeah. And furthermore, if these superfans are willing to spend double what a non-superfan spends on digital music each year, it implies that $4.2 billion are currently untapped annual revenue. That's an opportunity for the record industry if it focuses on that 20%. Literally somebody in this, whoever wrote this article and these people at Goldman Sachs and these people at, at Illuminate, they all read Permission Marketing. It's exactly what this says, right? <laughs> yeah. It came out in 1999. <laughs> yeah. They're starting to figure it out in the music business now. So, you know, Goldman's model, uh, Goldman Sachs models out a scenario whereby things start off much slower with just a 10% of super fans or 2% of the total subscribers paying double the price for their streaming service in the first year following the launch of a super fan-oriented product. There's got to be a reason that they're going to spend extra, right? Right. However, this percentage of addressable superfans paying for extra access could gradually be bumped up to 70% by 2030, says Goldman. It could end up 
bringing in an additional $4 billion plus to the recorded music industry annually. So I think we have this article here, which clearly explains that the people that are pulling the levers in the music industry are very now focused on super fans, right? Yeah. And it's no doubt that the guy interviewed in there from Universal Music Group who came up with this initial plan here is also the, the copy to copy of their digital division, right? Mm -hmm. He understands digital, okay? Yeah. For the label. And why is that important? That's important because it's only on digital that you can identify a super fan. Mm -hmm. The only way you're going to identify a super fan, like as a byproduct of a broadcast, and they certainly exist, of course, is through a live show, yeah. right? They're going to be the ones that are paid for the. So, what are some things that people are doing for super fan to take advantage? I mean, we talked about Gene Simmons with mm -hmm. these higher priced products that are people that are just total kiss freaks and conferences and stuff like that. Yeah. You have meet and, VIP meet and greets. Yeah. But those kind of packages, right, where people are going to spend extra to hang out. And, and why shouldn't you be able to do that? Right, yeah. Another way that I've done, just to throw out some different ideas like I've done in the past, and then I'm going to reveal this thing that I've been working on, okay? I've talked about this on the podcast before, I'm pretty sure. But it was like a little marketing experiment I did years ago with Bailey James. Mm -hmm. When I was thinking about how Tidal had come out, Jay-Z's streaming service, which is all this high-end streaming and jay-z being a rapper and oh, think, about how they, think about how they market rap right like it's they, they market it brilliantly but it's all about opulence it's all about in crowd it's all about we got the money we got the girls mm -hmm. we got gold chains that cost more than your house you know like this is the kind of cash we have it's opulence and that's a lifestyle that they're selling right yeah and look at how well that's worked for selling rap i mean brilliantly right yeah and then jay-z the guy who clearly understands how marketing works for his rap music and his for his records and in his genre then goes to sell a a more expensive higher quality streaming service called Tidal. and what's he do he wants to talk about the technology behind why the streaming service is better yeah <laughs> And I'm like, nobody gives a shit, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, dude, you should be like, look, if you're an OG and you want to be like me, then you're going to be, I mean, all the movers and the shakers and the beautiful people are listening to Tidal. Why? Because it's better. Right. It's better. Yeah. And that's all I need to know. Yeah. Right. But so they, they marketed it differently. Well, on that note, I thought, well, I'll put my money where my mouth is. Let's try something with Bailey James. And I, her record was about to be dropped. And before we were started dropping it, we released an MP3 version of the first single off that record because we did go to radio with it. So I'm going to use the word single. Mm -hmm. But we released an MP3 version of that that was available for free to build up her. Her email list. Her email list, right. So obviously, hey, it's all yours. Just tell us where to send it. Mm -hmm. And so that was a way for us to identify super fans, right? People that were like, oh, I want that. Yeah, and these they, are like early adopters and stuff because she's not yeah. a known commodity at this point. So it's like exactly early she was, people later in. was literally like 12, I think, 12 yeah. or 13. So, yeah, so we had we grew a list. It was a nice size list. I think there was a few thousand, maybe three or four thousand names on that list. But if I my memory serves me correctly and they all had the MP3 version. So then I thought, well, you know, when we dropped the record, we're also had 
like it described in this article here, like her store, her website mm-hmm. had a store where she can sell these records and you can buy. I said, uh, what I wanted to try was here's the MP3 download and you can get whatever song you want, just like on iTunes for 99 cents. Right. Yep. And if you, you know, you can get the whole album or you can get an individual song, but it's 99 cents a song, right? That makes sense. The market knows that. Okay. Yeah. But what I did do was, I said, let's also allow them to download the WAV files. Mm-hmm. And instead of calling them WAV files, even though I think like a lot of the market probably does understand what that is, but I just called them HD because everybody in the market knows that HD is better than regular TV and therefore it costs more. Right. It makes sense to the market, right? So I put up the record for WAV files and for the WAV files, I put in forty-nine, mm-hmm. So it's 50% more for the same thing, right? Well, it's it's the high def version. It's the high def version, but I mean, it's the same song, right? So, song, right. so when you think about stuff like this, like with marketing, right? Like the reason Jay-Z was wrong, in my opinion, to try to market title based on the technology behind what makes it sound better is because he's coming from a market where everybody is perfectly happy with mp3s which suck yeah sonically speaking technologically speaking they're horrible they're horrific but guess what the market doesn't care so they're not going to shift because they're desperate to find and they've been suffering with mp3 and they're desperate to find something better that's not going to be what makes them move so what's going to make them move right it's going to be the story it's going to be like why so what we did is we took a video of bailey james and we said hey you know she's like again she's a little girl right and she's like hey this is bailey james and listen i know it's early in my music career but i've spent enough time in the studio or she said there's a lot of talk between like title the high quality streams of title and like an mp3 stream on another platform and you get you know spotify says you get a better streaming quality if you are a paid subscriber versus the free version and hd radio says they're better than xm satellite radio Mm -hmm. and she goes you know what she goes everybody's got their own opinion and she said but none of that matters what really matters is what you think about it right so she puts it on her fan and she said i'm gonna tell you that i have been recording long enough now to be able to hear the difference between what an mp3 sounds like and what an hd track sounds like and an Mm -hmm. hd track sounds better but i don't even care about what i think again i want to hear what you think so here's a free download Mm -hmm. of the hd version of the same song you already have Right now, keep in mind the record hasn't dropped yet. Yeah. Okay. And she she put this on her socials and she put it out in the email. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's a free version of the our three HD version of the song you already have. And the only thing I'm asking for is for you to listen to the the MP3 version you have along with the HD version and tell me which one sounds better to you. Yeah. Now she's already told them what to think. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they want to be with her. Right. They're they're super fans. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we got there's a whole bunch of activity on social media. Everybody's like, oh, definitely. The HD sounds way better. Oh, my gosh. And so now they feel like they're smart. Right. Yeah. And they feel like they discovered it and they have skin in the game. And then when we drop the record and here's this number again, like this is strange, but like I I don't I don't know how this correlates, but like 80 percent of the sales were HD. Yeah. They paid 50 percent more for the same not the same product because it's a better quality product, yeah. but it's the same song because 
we told them to, but not because they should, because it's better quality sound. We just said, you know, do you want to be the cool kids or not? And she's like, I'm a cool kid. You follow me because I'm a cool kid. Yeah. I can hear the difference and I love it. And you should be with me. You know what I mean? It's a different way to do it. And it worked, right? So these are different ways that you can engage your super fans to pay more. I mean, isn't that what we did with Bailey, right? Yeah. Because they were more engaged with her on social media, which is how they got that video to begin with, mm -hmm. or they downloaded something, which is how they got that video to begin with. And we figured out ways to identify them. So, all right. So now I'm going to give you this tactic here, guys, on what we're using. It's, it's I'm calling it right now, calling it the, the super fan incubator. Right. I may have made mention on it before, but if you're running digital ads to push out your content, right? Again, digital ads are going to give you the, you're paying for permission to break into somebody's experience on Facebook or Instagram or Google mm -hmm. or YouTube, you're paying to break into their experience, then put your content there. And so we can all know and complain that when I post something organically, I'm reaching only one to 3% of my followers. But when you're doing an ad and you're pushing something out with the ad to your current followers, it's going to reach more than 3%. How much more depends on what your budget is. Yeah. But you can reach everybody if you want to, right? Yeah. And create that. So when you put content out, whether it's organically or whether you're doing paid ads, there's bot activity, right? Yeah. There's a bot can, you know, like, a, like a, for instance, a video view in quotation marks, a video view on Facebook just means that video started running in your feed. It doesn't mean you watched it. It doesn't mean it even went for three seconds. It just means it started. Yeah. Right. Like you didn't swipe fast enough past it to, you know, you are you swipe slow enough to where it engaged the video. It started playing. That's a video view. That doesn't mean anything. Right. But a bot can do a video view. A bot can like your post. A bot can comment on your post and a bot can react to your post. Mm -hmm. Right. Thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. And and I think a lot of us have become savvy with bots. You know, a comment is like, you know, 100% or thumbs up or there's nothing specific. Promote it on blank. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, yeah. but you know what a bot can't do? A bot can't save a post. Mm. A bot can't share a post. Or let's just say that the bots that are set up on social media aren't sharing unless it's a specific sort of underground thing. And a bot isn't going to watch your video all the way through or 75% of the way through. Mm. So when you look at the data on your digital ads campaign and you go and you look at, you start tallying up like 75 to 100% views of your video content and the amount of shares and the amount of saves, mm. these are people that at least on one post really freaking engaged it, right? Like yeah. they watched it almost all the way through because it was interesting to them or they saved it because they really loved it and they wanted to go back to it, or they shared it because they think it's going to make them cool. And if they liked it, other people are going to like it too. Yeah. And so that's about, those are the three most profound actions that a human can do on a piece of digital content. And that puts them in the possible super fan category, right? That's how we identify them. Right. Mm -hmm. So now what can we do? So the next step that we're taking is we're doing this for Josh, Roy right now, and we're going to do it with uh, with Mackenzie as well, is create a private Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Like the Climb community, for instance, right? Yeah. Like uh, Songwriting Pro, for instance. Mm -hmm. 
So because I can identify those super fans on the digital platform, I can retarget them just as super fans and I can send them just specific stuff only to them. So of course, I mean, number one, every new piece of content that my artist is putting out to promote a release, they're getting every single one of those. Yes. Cause you know what? They want it. They want it. But now imagine that Josh Roy takes a selfie video and he's like, Hey, this is Josh Roy. And this is the ad that comes up that shows up in your feed. You're a Josh Roy super fan. This shows up in your feed. Hey, it's Josh Roy. And I just, I got a gift for you. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say thank you so much for making me feel like a rock star. And I'm talking to you because I know that you either saved a piece of my content, shared a piece of my content mm -hmm. or watched it almost all the way through. And for that, Thank you for making me feel like a rock star. If you click the link right here, I got a free a free track for you. Now, in the case of Josh, we're releasing a five-song EP, one song at a time, okay? Mm -hmm. And building the EP, just like the Chainsmokers. But the last song, which is Live Life on this first EP, which is, I think, just this great song that had this tremendous potential to reach people, isn't really working live at all. So <laughs> <laughs> we've decided that we're only going to promote four of the five songs on the EP. Uh -huh. So the, the last song that will be released is called Live Life, and it will go without any promotion. It'll just complete the record, and people on the release radar will get it, and it's not going to be promoted. So I had Zach, my co-producer, give me just an acoustic mix of that. Mm. Right. So here's what's kind of cool. Like, So you get this track. If you're a super fan, you have an opportunity to get this free track from Josh, that is an acoustic version of a song that you haven't heard yet. Yeah. A recording of that's going to come out in the future, right? So it's a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. And you're going to get the full production version of it. So you're not getting the same track. And the only people that are getting this track are people who are like you that either saved it, shared it, or watched it almost all the way through. Uh -huh. So it makes me feel special. So they go to a squeeze page, they click on this, they're going to get their free download. And then there's another video on that squeeze page that's like, hey, I got one more gift for you if you want, uh, or one more, I'm not sure how I'm going to word this yet because we're still building it, but yeah. essentially it's like, hey, one more thing. If you'd like to get to know me, I'd love to get to know you. And if you click this link here, it's going to, uh, and invite you to join my private Facebook group. And the only people that are in this private Facebook group are people like you. Yeah. Like you, like right? You, yeah. Like you that uh, either saved it, shared it, or watched something 100% of the way through. And every week at such and such a time on this day, I'm going to hang out. We're all going to hang out for an hour. You can ask me. I'll answer whatever questions you want. I have a lot of questions to ask you. Yeah. Okay, now follow me on this because I wanted to share this with you, Brent. And, I, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll take requests. Sometimes I'll be singing. Sometimes I'm going to try some new material and see what you think. And mm -hmm. it's just going to be our hang. It's just going to be for us, you know. And if you'd like to do that, We'd love to have you, okay? Yeah. And then, you know, you've met Garth before. I remember I was yeah. talking about, like, when Chelsea met Garth and at that thing. Like, everybody who's met Garth Brooks says the same thing, right? Like, when Garth is genius with this. Like, he manages to meet all these people and never talk about himself. Like, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he always talks about them. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you've heard me talk about on the podcast before is that uh, artist brand discovery questionnaire, yes. right? It's 200 questions, a free download from me. And it has, it's all these getting to know you questions to where you can go and create content answering those questions, put your music behind it. And this is stuff that people can find interesting. Some of them are lighthearted questions. Like what are your five favorite foods and what are five foods you can't stand? Yeah. Some of them are tongue in cheek. Like you just became dictator of a small Island nation. Like what's the first dictatory thing you're going to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And then some of them are like, tell me three things that instantly make your blood boil. Mm-hmm. Right now it's a little heavier. I'm getting to like your core values. Right. Yeah. And fans want to know this about artists, but you know what I told Josh, I said, Josh, you know, you should. Ask. So we got tons of content with Josh answering these questions that we've been using to promote. Yeah. But these are great questions. You should ask them in the private Facebook group. Right. Yeah. Hey, hit me back and just tell me what you guys think, like blah, blah, blah. And everybody will do it. And just like Brent, like with you and me in the climb community, we got some usual suspects. We see a lot of the same names and we, mm-hmm. we get to know them by name, even if we've never met them. Right. And how cool is that? So this way, it's the same kind of thing where he'll he's going to get to know some of these people. So there's a like a really kind of like 2.0 tactic that we're implementing right now. Will they do this? I can't tell you for sure if they will, but I do know that Josh had already been doing something like this before, mm-hmm. which may have been like kind of where I was like, hey, hold on a second. Like I can connect these two things. Yeah and make them work but yeah man i think they'll do that it doesn't cost them anything it's absolutely free and it it could be cool and if you can grow that Mm -hmm. and i mean we have a following in the climb community now of i think it's like almost 1600 people in the climb community yeah in the facebook group yeah so wow get to a thousand right yeah and then when you have stuff right like you know bundles you can blow out old merch there's all kinds of ways that you're only limited by your imagination on different ways that you can benefit financially from your super fans and simultaneously make them feel extra special. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Everybody think about that guys. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer climb episode, guys. I have a gift for you too. If you haven't already read the PDF, whoever owns the traffic rules the road, then download it. Go to giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. Tell me where to send it. It's a pretty stout PDF that really will get your head right about how to honor the digital platform. And you need to know why things happen on the digital platform before you can decide how to do things. And then you're going to be asking the right questions and it's going to, it's going to change your world. So that's all I got to say about that. Join the climb community, which is our little fire private Facebook group and follow the podcast. Tell a friend about it. And this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. 
Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 